This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. What wasn't terribly surprising was that there was another M&A move. It was interesting that this is a first-in-class move that's really focused on value-based care, potentially with specific partner profile that the health systems are looking at. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Duran. When news breaks, we get to have a little nerd out on the intelligence team, and there's always a discussion, a debate. We ask big questions about it that we want to explore more about what that news means, how it could impact our membership. And when we heard about the new approach to collaboration and scale that Kaiser Permanente and Geisinger Health are attempting with the new health, Ryzen Health, we immediately had multiple email chains, Teams chats, even a virtual water cooler to talk about it. So I asked a group of colleagues, including familiar voice Jennifer O'Connor, along with two members of our value-based care team, Joe Marr and Bill Ringwood, to share their thoughts about what this might signal for the industry, what Ryzen Health may try to do next. Please keep in mind our audience Although we know and work with both organizations well, the point of this conversation isn't meant for us to share any insider information or perspective. We're teeing this up as a light, fun, speculative conversation where we get to imagine what this new group could do. So please don't consider this insider knowledge. With that quick disclaimer, I was a little surprised by this news because it was just new, cool, and different. Were you all surprised by this news? Maybe as much less more so than me. Jennifer, what do you think? Is it bad form when the consultants admit they're surprised? I'm going to go with, I thought it was big news, but not surprising. And I say that not just in the hopes of sounding smart, but because at the end of the day, this feels like it's about scale. And I feel like everybody we talk to is focused on scale and healthcare is no exception. I'm thinking back to a conversation I had just last week with an executive team and literally their mantra is to be X billion dollars by 2030. And it underscores all the conversations they're having. This pursuit of scale is everywhere. Now, I do think it's fascinating, so maybe not surprising, and a novel approach. This isn't about faith-based or contiguous geography. It's not about CEO synergy. This was purposeful and anchored in value, and that feels new to me. What wasn't terribly surprising was that there was another M&A move. It was interesting that this is a first-in-class move that's really focused on value-based care, potentially with specific partner profile that the health systems are looking at. And I think it gives a new flavor to systems out there that might be looking for strength in a larger affiliation strategy and approach. What was surprising to me was that they made public such a formal growth plan that's pretty aggressive. So the aim to acquire, add in five systems in about five years definitely backs a level of commitment. And they put out there that there's $5 billion of capital allocated to this, that there's a level of commitment here. I certainly agree that this was big news and was surprised when first hearing it. But as I took a little time to mentally digest the news, I realized I wasn't surprised that Kaiser was looking to expand their footprint and scale their value-based care competencies. Where I was surprised was on the Geisinger side, given the maturity in BBC, having their own provider-sponsored health plan. But like a lot of health systems these days, Geisinger has not been immune to the economic pressures our industry is facing. And when thinking about the access, the capital that this will provide them, coupled with the cultural fit around VBC goals, it started to become less and less surprising. 
Bill, thank you so much for admitting that you're on my team and you were a little surprised. Really appreciate that. But I agree that it became less surprising the more you thought about it, especially given local competitive dynamics and just big players around Geisinger moving closer and closer to them. We're going to play a game for a little bit called This is Likely to Happen. Maybe this is going to happen. This is probably not going to happen. I want to hear what you think a likely next step might be for Ryzen. And then we'll kind of go through some of the other areas. Are we going to come back to this in like 12 months, Trevor, and see if we were right? Maybe here will be a fun place to do it. All right. So what do you think is most likely? Joe, why don't you kick us off? I think if we look at where Ryzen's going to expand and pick up its partners, it's probably a few of those targets are going to have owned health plans. They're probably looking at partners with some financial stability, but perhaps a more recently downgraded outlook in the current environment. Definitely partners with some level of competency, both in the clinical model, the financial model, the operating model, in value-based care, so that they're not going to be starting from scratch. And that it's in a market where there's likely some transition happening that they can potentially accelerate or use as a tailwind in terms of impacting and delivering on the mission of moving and transitioning more towards a value-based care model. In terms of the market profiles that could be likely, it will be those that are probably more densely populated. I think Geisinger is likely going to be unique in that regard and probably more competitive markets than central Pennsylvania as well, because I think there's potential for that differentiation in succeeding in both value-based care and fee-for-service for some of these strategies if they can execute them well. We're likely going to see Ryzen get to its target number of health systems and revenue that Joe mentioned earlier fairly quickly and fairly easily, if I dare use that word, because nothing is easy in healthcare, as we know. There's a lot of community health systems out there that are A, financially struggling, and B, realize they need to differentiate from their competitors on much more than just pricing. And that delivering on the value equation is something that will be attractive to both employer-based and individual consumers alike. Being part of Ryzen will allow them to do that in a more cost-effective manner than teaming up with, say, a disruptor or trying to go it alone. Yeah, I'm going to go with Joe. It's likely that the next members coming into Ryzen will have provider-sponsored health plans. And I know it's been in the press that they don't have to. They've been very clear about that. But to me, that feels like later on, we can be more inclusive of all sorts of different types. But it just feels like in the beginning, it would make so much sense for that to be part of the package. And I'm maybe a little bit influenced by the network. I admit that the day this was announced, my iPhone blew up with the SG2 network, people texting, did you hear? Did you hear? Which just confirms, Trevor, what you said in the beginning, that we love to nerd out about this stuff. But one of the comments was someone noting that their contacts who work at Kaiser on the insurance side, there's been lots of conversation about declining market share for them in MA. If they're going to make a move, the idea that somehow there'd be an insurance plan side play just seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, hard to disagree with any of that. Good, safe picks of what's likely to happen. Now, what's a maybe? What's something that maybe that means it's a little further just down the road? Maybe it's two strategic steps away. What do you think? Bill Ringwood. 
the big maybe to happen is really the level of success that each organization comprising Ryzen will have. And that's because they're going to be facing market dynamics that Kaiser is mostly immune to, given its integrated care and coverage model, or ICC as they call it. And specifically, the two big market dynamic questions are Ryzen's ability to successfully negotiate with payers, which Kaiser doesn't have to do, right, given the ICC model. And the second is aligning on value-based care with independent physicians, which again, Kaiser for the most part is immune to through its predominant physician employment models. I think Ryzen is really going to be this fun science experiment where we might find out if Kaiser's success is driven by some secret sauce around population health infrastructure, or is their success really just driven simply by the ICC model? As this all plays out over the long term, what we will probably learn is that it's some combination of both those. For me, specialist engagement becomes the potential unique differentiator of this transaction. And by that, I mean a lot of conveners and new entrants into this space really have focused on primary care or pretty narrowly on specialists and specialties. And Geisinger has its track record with the proven care that they've been able to implement and execute internally. The playbooks haven't been transferable across organizations and entities, so it needs more of a hands-on approach. And if they're able to, in some consultative manner, help deploy these best practices in the specialist engagement in value-based care across their new partners and their new acquisitions. That's something that would be interesting to watch. The other area that could be more longer term on the maybe front is can they really shift a health system mindset to more of a weight on primary care? And right now, still so much of our economic model is driven by specialty care. Value-based care really puts an emphasis on primary care, but it's a very different economic model. So can this rebalance or push a little bit more weight into health system primary care priorities. Joe, it's interesting that you mentioned that consultative model. Geisinger did start up an actual consulting practice around proven care, but they found that group didn't grow very much. It was harder to pick it up and take it somewhere else, which of course is what Kaiser has to some degree learned. Their California model hasn't transferred to other markets as well as perhaps they might have thought. So that's an interesting point. Sticking with some of the plan side stuff and also just trying to give Trevor some sort of more juicy maybe that we can come back and find out is surely wrong when we come back in a year. But I was saying maybe there's a natural focus on Medicare Advantage. Everyone's focused there. Kaiser has business there, lost some market share. United is a big competitor. And maybe Ryzen is able to demonstrate their success and outcomes with value across these multiple systems to the point where they become the preferred AARP Medicare Advantage offering. And today, that is currently held by United. They have a co-branded offering. So maybe that actually shifts from United to Kaiser, and that would be desirable for Kaiser and big news in the AMA front. Maybe other integrated health systems aren't really going to want to join. Because there's not really a comp or a model out there where they say, oh, this is going to look like this. It maybe is hard to imagine. Like, what are you going to get out of it? Most of those systems are big and relatively successful. Like some of the other big mergers of things that were new and different, like Maven, maybe it's going to sputter along for a little bit before it really takes off. All right, the last one, the probably nots. What is probably not going to happen as part of Ryzen? Jennifer, what do you think? It's funny that you just said Maven, but I think you meant Haven. (laughs) I think the 
not likely, but wow, if they could really do it, would be something like Ryzen joins forces with the purchaser business group on health and Walmart, who is a member of that organization, and they do what Haven couldn't. Rethink how we provide healthcare to commercially insured populations. And so they get beyond everyone's focus today on Medicare Advantage and really broadly change the landscape of how we reimagine and deliver and incent commercial care in this country. I don't think it's likely, but wow, that would be amazing. At this point, I mean, it feels like anything is possible. Something that's pretty unlikely is that Ryzen members will all convert to that integrated care and coverage model that Kaiser is known for and begin to operate as closed networks like Kaiser does. I just don't see them ever really getting to that point. And, you know, I don't think that's the intention of this either, but I think they would just be giving up too much volume if they ever went that route. I'll stick with that one. I think that's unlikely. From my vantage point, one that I think is very unlikely because it has to be the right partner in the right market, but would be very interesting to see if they do, is if they take a page out of the large health plans playbook and they stand up a truly a separate business unit focused on population health, where they would peel out primary care and some of these enabler value-based care capabilities. Instead of being a health plan plus a health system, now there's a third arm on population health to really accelerate the value-based care components that's got its own line of account and infrastructure. Joe, do you see that as a network that's attractive to independent physicians interested in value, the alternative to the Agilon and Allidades that are already out there? That's one component for sure, Jennifer, is it can compete more and it can free up some of the equation. Right now, health systems, of course, have to balance that transition. And if they really want to accelerate that growth the way some of these investor-backed companies can, this would be kind of the vehicle for the health system to do that. Nice vehicle for those health systems in Ryzent who could shift some of those physicians over to that network and then maybe the financials on their medical group would look a little better. Yeah, I like that. Probably not from everyone. Joe, mine was kind of similar that they're probably not going to be the eventual acquirer of some of the other groups across the industry that are kind of the value-based care engines right now, like you mentioned Agilon or Privia or whomever. But in some ways, that convergence would make sense down the road to have it all kind of under one umbrella of shared learnings. So the last question is less focused on Ryzen and the players today and who the players might be in the future, but more on the rest of the industry. How are others going to respond? How might this impact the healthcare industry overall? Maybe positives and negatives. Will this make a big impact? This is kind of a big double down on value. Joe, what do you think? What's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of interest when there's an acquisition. And because really impacting transitioning value-based care takes time, a lot of health systems where this happens in the market, they will take note initially. And we might actually see a little bit of being lulled to sleep while a Verizon's able to go in, put their infrastructure in place, start to execute, start to create some distance in their value-based care and their value proposition in that market before competitors really take note of the impact. That's something that'll be interesting to watch for. So I would really encourage health systems where this takes place in the market to keep an eye on this for more than just the immediate future. In terms of how others will respond, given that Ryzen is focused on community health systems, one type of provider group that will respond strongly to this is academic medical centers. 
a lot of AMCs have been laggards when it comes to VBC adoption. And I think traditionally, they've sort of relied on their differentiated outcomes to justify what are sometimes higher prices compared to the community health systems that they compete against. What we'll see going forward is that for those AMCs that are going to compete directly with a Ryzen member, it's going to force them to think harder about that value equation, right? Outcomes divided by cost. And how do they compete on value, especially when it comes to those more transactional services that consumers view as more shoppable and elastic in terms of pricing? We always wonder if these things will have domino effects. So despite challenging financials that exist today, especially if Ryzen moves quickly, five systems in five years, that's pretty rapid. Does this accelerate moves for scale in the markets in or near where they add members? That got me wondering about just accelerated moves for scale in general. And I found myself wondering, well, if value and Kaiser were the hook for this one to Bill's comment about who else needs to join up and you know, what are the academics going to do in response to some of this? What's the next hook for some multi-geography network? Is there one that's anchored by Amazon and it's smaller community hospitals who really provide excellent patient experience and frictionless consumer care because they've been early movers on digital? You can sort of let your imagination run wild on the different flavors that we could see come out of this. And that was pretty fun. Those are all good ones. Thanks. All I can think of to add to that is how might payers respond? They might be thinking about this and talking about it. I can't really think of ways that they would push back hard just because if the scale of the individual players in their individual markets doesn't change dramatically quickly, which I can't really think of a way that it would, there's not a huge piece of backlash from the payers. It could be at the margins, but if they have their own plan, there's already a little bit of a dynamic relationship with big national payers. Can you guys think of a way payers would push back on this or respond to it? I can't really. I think it would have to vary by organization and market. I think you're right, Trevor, that the payers would like the health system commitment to lowering the total cost of care. I think that's going to resonate well. Where it would get interesting is if one of these acquirees has a large provider-sponsored health plan with material market share and potential to move share. I think that's where a payer could get a little bit more concerned um, if they see some of this capital infusion being to grow the plan side. But if it's a smaller health plan that's got 5-10% market share, that's going to net favorable for the payer still. I agree, Joe, with what you just said there. Traditionally, payers get worried when providers merge or affiliate and it creates higher levels of market concentration, right? Which then they can sort of exert that power in in rate negotiations and stuff like that. That's not the case here with Ryzen. They're mostly going to be separate geographies, so they should be somewhat immune from that. But I do agree in that for those that are going to have provider-sponsored health plans, that might get them a little bit worried around the competition that's going to be created in their market and how, because of the administrative scale on the payer side, how effectively they can deliver those payer services. Trevor, I do wonder if it lights a little bit of a fire under the payers who have been moving to pay providers. If we look at a United Optum and all of their moves across the system of care, that was unique if Ryzent has a collection of health systems, all of whom have built out systems of care and they can demonstrate success and value in pushing things to lower cost. 
sites of care? Do the payviders feel like now they actually have competition in what they were trying to do and they need to get there quicker? Do they reorganize themselves? We've seen them go into markets and start to build this, but the utilization hasn't changed as fast as we might have thought. Maybe now there's a little fire under them to move a little quicker with those efforts and they have to do some internal reorgs to make that happen. Yeah, all those are fair. Good thoughts. Thanks all for joining today. This is like the pretend we just bumped into each other grabbing coffee and all of a sudden it's 20 minutes down the road and we're all late to our next meeting. So thanks for sharing your perspective today and I look forward to having you back on SG2 Perspective soon. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts. Mm-hmm.